Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. everybody it is time once again for the mainland podcast this is episode 384 and i'm your host michael citro the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com that is an independent website that covers orlando city the orlando pride ocb and all things soccer related in the city beautiful and joining me as always from tallahassee florida is my co-host david Rowe. dave how you doing michael i'm pretty good i gotta tell you man i'm i'm not a coffee drinker same but i do love me some donuts mm-hmm. and same <laughs> i i also i also like um when it, sometimes in the morning on the way to work i'll go and i'll get like a uh, uh a sausage uh bagel with some of the really really great hash browns that dunkin donuts does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so even though i don't drink coffee like orlando city and like the u.s sometimes i run on dunkin okay uh, by the way, not a sponsor, but we are willing to listen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we would. Uh, we think there's a natural tie in there. Yeah, science. Yeah. So we know. We know all the the, the big wigs at Dunkin' Donuts listen to the show. So uh, just call us or email us. Yeah, a little ring a ding ding. Just give us yeah. a call. Yeah, we'll make it uh, reasonable for you. Yeah. Dave, the Lions of Orlando City are done with the regular season. Hmm. They uh, they traveled up north of the border to the Great White North. They uh, you might say they took off. They did take off, and uh, they it was it was a beauty ride. <laughs> it was a beauty way to go. 
that's for sure. Uh, I would say that uh, most people expected Orlando City to have a little bit of turnover for this game. Uh, we did. We wanted to make sure that the team continued to have that forward momentum. Figured some, maybe some of the international guys might get start on the bench. Maybe guys nursing some knocks might get the night off. But Oscar Pereja was not messing around with his rotation, man. He went big with nine, nine changes from the last team. And the only uh, the only two that were in the lineup uh, from the previous game, Cesar Araujo. And uh, I don't even remember who the other one was. Was it Romero? Rodrigo Schlegel. Oh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, uh, it was Rodrigo Schlegel. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I am like, wow. Uh, I mean, everybody from Mason Stadohar forward, except for those two guys, was a brand new starter. And I saw that and I went, oh, man, here's a team that's they're playing for their captain. They're playing for a brand new coach. Uh, you're, you're expecting the new coach bump. They're going to play hard. Uh, they want to go out on a good note because this is their their playoff game. They got nothing going on after that. Yeah, they're at and, home. Uh, and this is a rough, rough uh, team to throw out against them. Nothing against those guys. They're fine players. They have not played together. They have not, most of them played much lately. And so it was always going to look disjointed. And um, it sure did. Boy, that first half was a nearly unwatchable game. To Orlando City's credit, they didn't really give up a whole lot of chances to Toronto FC, but they weren't really generating a whole lot of chances. And, and in fact, typically lost the ball somewhere around the midfield stripe. Uh, just or the center circle. They're just, just trying to pick somebody out and they went where they didn't know they were going to go. They zigged when they thought they were going to zag. It, it was uh, what a rusty team that's been off for two weeks looks like when it's also a lot of non-starters in there. Yeah. As I'm watching it, the thought that's going through my head is if you had any doubt about the quality of the guys who normally start and the difference that playing together a lot makes, this is the example of what happens when you don't have those players in. As uh, those three guys from Canada and from the Toronto area rush, as they used to say, seems to me it's chemistry. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And uh, of course it was chemistry. It was a lack of that on the field. Uh, there were numerous giveaways, numerous poor passes, numerous. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to send the ball to this area. Oh, none of my teammates are over there wonder why that is it, it was just not easy to watch and you knew that at some point uh, toronto was either going to punish orlando city for doing that or at some point finally some starters would come into the game and and things would go better and that actually is what happened the latter of those things happened uh they get to the halftime scoreless really not a lot going on for either team the italians uh insigne and bernadeschi were pretty Good for Toronto, I thought. Yep. Osorio was pretty decent. Uh, a, a blow for um, for Toronto early, 17 minutes in. They lose a center back to a, a hammy, it looked like, pulled up with a hamstring. And unfortunately for Toronto, no healthy defenders on the bench for this game. So in his last game, former U.S. men's national team captain Michael Bradley, who started in the midfield and actually started pretty brightly in this game, had to go play center back. And Dave, I believe this is what they call foreshadowing. It is indeed foreshadowing. Well done, sir, for recognizing that. Uh, funny enough, I had mentioned on the last podcast that uh, you might actually see Bradley 
in the center back position because he's played there a couple times for Toronto recently. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, you were correct in that he actually did get the start in the midfield. I was correct in that we did see him in center back, the rare opportunity when we were both correct. Yeah, it was weird too because the MLS official lineups when they came out had Bradley in the back line. So it was weird. But uh, John Herdman, a former Canadian men's national team coach, came out in a um, I think it was a three five two. It looked like uh, it played a little weird, but uh, you know, it, honestly, it was really hard to tell what they were playing because Orlando was so all over the place that guys were just moving everywhere, and um, yeah, it was interesting. But there were not a lot of opportunities for Ramiro Enrique up top. There was not much going on with Gaston Gonzalez. Didn't have many touches. Uh, they just, it, it was just a lot of taking over the ball deep in their own end, playing the ball around the back for a while, trying to come forward and giving the ball away. Yeah, that's that's a very good summation of that first half. Yeah. But things changed in the second half as some of those guys started to noticeably tire because they were not 90-minute ready. They hadn't played 90 minutes, some of those guys, in a long, long time. We did get a, a, a run out from Antonio Carlos. He did get a full 90 in, so it's nice to see AC back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I talked to Oscar after the game. Um, I, I make it sound like it's a conversation. It was a press conference, and I asked the question, uh, how important was it to get Antonio 90 minutes and you know going into the playoffs? But now, also, with the way Rodrigo has played the last few weeks, is it does it make things difficult for you as a coach because now you have to determine do I go with my guy who has always started and who played very well tonight or do I go with the guy who's built chemistry over this long winning streak and this long uh, streak of success and he you know he he didn't really answer it other than to say yeah it does make my job a little bit tougher <laughs> uh, when you got three guys that are all playing and and you have to make that decision it's a tough choice to make so. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, I guess, because uh, he can make the choice. And if he's right, everybody's happy. And if he's wrong, everybody gets mad at him. Oh, bummer. We have three excellent center backs. Oh, what was us? <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, Rodri has played inconsistently at times, but other times he's played very, very well. And I, I think he's been a big reason why this four game winning streak to end the season has happened. He's played very well down the stretch and mm-hmm. and of course uh, Roman Janssen what can you say about that guy he's been amazing uh, up, for, up for defender of the year and and potentially has some traction in that uh, regard but we'll see we'll see until I actually see him get the trophy I'm not buying anything because uh, yeah Orlando City player yeah I mean we're talking about a league that uh, literally changed an award so that Daryl DK wouldn't get it yeah, and it's going to cost Orlando City another award this year. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. That same um, All right, so the changes start coming around the hour mark, and uh, big triple change, and Duncan McGuire comes on along with Mauricio Pereira, and I don't even remember who the other one that came on was, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Not really. It doesn't matter at the time. I could I could sit here and, and open the... Uh, it was Ivan Angulo. That's right. It was Angola, who really had a quiet game. Yeah. No wonder yeah. I didn't remember him. I think it, uh, 12 touches. Yeah. And all of them forgettable. Yes. Uh, he had some chances to get forward, but it, he did the Angulo thing where it was like, okay, here I am. I'm in space. I got guys making runs. Let me slow the play down. Let four guys get in front of me, and then I'll make my move to the net. That's right. 
<laughs> I, it's like I said before, Angulo is always like he it's like he's playing a video game and it's he's on he thinks he's on easy mode, mm-hmm. but he's not. And so he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna up the level of difficulty here. Oh dang, there goes the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's not going in the net, it's going the other direction. Uh, but uh, it didn't take long for the substitutions to make a difference. Uh, a very nice long ball over the top by Mason Staduhar. Um it was a little bit too long for Mauricio Pereira, but that all worked out really well because it bounced up once and it left Duncan McGuire 1v1 with Michael Bradley. Obviously, he's going to beat Bradley for pace, but Bradley had the angle. So all Duncan did was take the thing on the half volley and chip it over Bradley. And when Bradley was now out of position, he cut inside of him and used his speed and just burned by him. And before Sean Johnson could get set in the Toronto goal, Duncan McGuire unleashed a freaking hellfire missile into the back of the net in the upper left corner and uh, and then did a backflip because, uh, I mean, if I had done that, I would have probably tried a backflip too and, and broke my back. But uh, that was an amazing goal. I, I think he, I, it, it it was a backflip, but it was it was one of those ones uh, like on a diving board where you run and like you're going forward, but you flip backwards mm-hmm. and like the level of difficulty on that is higher than if you start going backwards and then flip backwards. Yeah. And that was that was a goal. I mean, I don't blame him for flipping. I flipped. I that was. That was truly a holy mackerel moment yeah. uh, when he when he touched that one because, like you said, it was an absolute rocket. Johnson had no chance whatsoever, and man, what a way to come on and just change the entire dynamic of the of the match. Yeah, it is up for uh, MLS goal of the match day. I the last time I checked, and it's been a few hours, Dave, but it had less than a one percent lead over an extremely pedestrian, very normal-looking headed flicker flick from uh, Luciano Acosta. I mean, I don't understand how the voting was even close. I mean, there were all three of the other goals were better than Acosta's, and yet he's the guy that's breathing down uh, breathing down Duncan's neck for this award. Uh, well, of course, because, you know, reasons. Who knows? It's, again, until, until Orlando City player actually wins something... Never believe that they're even gonna win Cincinnati it. fans don't believe Acosta's goal was better than Duncan McGuire's. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, if they're being honest, there's just no way. I mean, come on. It it's, was uh, like it's it's almost like well, we need a fourth goal for our voting. Uh, I don't know. How about this header from Acosta? It was just it's a normal cross in, and and he got inside of his defender and just flicked it in the back side of the net from fairly close range. I mean, I didn't, I mean, Duncan McGuire has literally scored about eight of those this year. And, and <laughs> as of right now, I just checked as of right now, Acosta is at 38.7 and Duncan's at 37.2. He's losing to that goal. It's, it's a travesty. This it's, is why humans should not be allowed to vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they well, don't know how to make the right decision. I, I, this this perfectly shows why voting on Twitter should <laughs> not be a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've seen our national elections. Come on, all right, that's fair. <laughs> all right, uh, so it's one nil. Uh, just a couple of minutes after Duncan comes on, he is a difference maker, and uh, and then just 
a little over 10 minutes later, does it again. Uh, this time, Kyle Smith, who also came on a little bit later after that triple substitution, he sent a marvelous through ball up the left side onto a perfectly timed run for Duncan, who took one touch. Again, absolutely roasted uh, Michael. Like, Michael Bradley has a family, Duncan. Come on, man. Uh, he, he gets... <laughs> stop, stop. Him. He's retiring already. He he, he makes... He, he settles the ball, beats Sean Johnson again from the other side this time, and it's 2-0. And, I, you know, if Michael Bradley hadn't already announced he was going to retire, he would legally be forced to retire after the way Duncan McGuire treated him on that night. Well, according to uh, Canadian law, yes, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, unbelievable couple of goals. Uh, just the 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 pass, the buildup, the strikes, everything just exquisite. And Duncan McGuire now with 13 goals on the regular season, just one off of the team lead of Facundo Torres. And he surpasses Facundo in goals in all competitions because of his two goals in League's Cup. Yeah, I, I you're absolutely right. Uh, phenomenal season, regular season, and all competitions from Duncan McGuire. I mean, the best, literally the best since Kyle Barron. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the the passes that led to it. Obviously, Stoddard gets a assist, his first is, of his MLS career, which is always rare for a keeper. So good on him for that. Um, that's that's a nice little uh, little thing for him. And then that pass from Kyle Smith, that has to be the best pass at least this season, if not his entire time uh, with the Lions. I can recall no pass finer that Kyle Smith has made. Now he, I may be missing some, my memory's not perfect, but that was pretty damn good. It it's, it, if it's not the best, it's up there yeah. and, and, and without remembering any others, I'm comfortable saying that's the best pass he's ever made as a yeah. line. I mean, I feel like if he made a better pass than that, I would remember it. Right. But it was, <laughs> he couldn't do that again. If you asked him, yeah. it was gorgeous. So, Duncan, as you mentioned, uh, the most goals for a rookie out of college in their draft year since Kyle Lahren. Uh, So the second most all-time in MLS. The top two, David Rowe, belong to Orlando City. Yeah, um, no surprise. Orlando City has this uncanny ability to find strikers from the MLS draft. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's probably why they call it the Super Draft. Uh, it's, it's been super for Orlando. That's for sure. I mean, it's the, the odds. Okay. The odds of lightning striking are, are a particular place are not good. Striking twice is uh, the numbers become ridiculous three times. And I'm not a believer, but I'm almost thinking that's, that's divine intervention there. And let's not forget that the striker they drafted last year, just won MLS next pro most valuable player. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's not, and then also throw Daryl DK in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, yeah, Dar- I mean, Daryl had a, a fine rookie season and, and you know, Kyle scored 17 his first year. Duncan scored 13. There's no doubt Daryl DK would have been rookie of the year had they not changed it a month before the end of the season to young player of the year. And I believe Diego Rossi won it that year instead. And then this year, because Duncan is the rookie of the year and they don't have that anymore. Uh, the young player of the year will most likely go to Tiago Almada from uh, Atlanta United because he's got 30 goal contributions. And uh, I think it's 
I understand why you don't have two awards, but I mean, you can have as many awards as you want. You can have young player of the year who somebody who's played pro elsewhere and come in. You you obviously have newcomer of the year, uh, which can be anybody that played anywhere and then come come into uh, MLS. And then you should have you should reward the college guys who come in and, and dominate. And it's there aren't many of them. And I know there are probably some years where there's it's really hard to pick. But I mean, there have been some good college players, and I think they should be recognized as the best rookie because literally they are going from amateur status to professional status. So they are a rookie. So I, I don't see why they don't have both awards and uh, other than uh, we don't want Orlando to keep winning this thing. Well, our, our initials are not MLS, they're TML, but we've got two of the three letters there. Uh, he can have our rookie of the year. He is definitely our MLS rookie of the year. And I, it's not even close. No, it's really not. And, and that's us actually looking at the rest of the rookies in the league. It's still not close. Still not close. The man is has been amazing. He's been fantastic all season long and uh, getting hot at the right time. The, uh, the call on the game. And I will say this, the call watching this game on MLS season pass on Apple TV, the, the play by play guy's got a fantastic voice. He knows the game, but my God, he thought everyone was Martino Hayda. He thought every single attacking player was Martino Hayda. And I'm like, that's not him. That's Gaston Gonzalez. That's definitely not him either. That's it. That's Ramiro Enrique. Uh, it just was one guy after another. And uh, that's Junior Urso. I, I don't, you can't mistake Junior Urso for Martino Hayda. You just cannot. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, that was <laughs> the, uh, just another good example of why you should turn off the commentators and listen to music. But I will say his call of Duncan's first goal was amazing. If you haven't heard it, go back and watch it. It is, uh, he, he, I believe he said, my word, what a goal. This (laughs) Duncan McGuire is a star. Yes. Okay. He's right. right. That's fair. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great goal call and uh, appreciated it. And even though the, um, I believe his, his uh, broadcast partner was an ex Toronto player. He was very uh, effusive in his praise also for Duncan. So uh, when you turn the homers against the home team, that's pretty good. There's nothing. It, it if somebody scores a goal like that, th- there's no way to downplay it. It was that good. Yeah. If it's a team I don't like and they score, I'm still going to be like, "Wow, that was a heck of a goal." Yeah. I mean, we did that earlier this year when uh, uh, Martinez from Philadelphia scored in in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so, holy I mean, crap! He's <laughs> he's never scoring like that again. <laughs> yes. And you know, and, and you just you tip your hat and you go, "Wow, that was a really goal, good goal." And um, which is why it's so frustrating that uh, Twitter is messing this one up. Yeah, as they do that was so a, that things. was a worldie. Every part of that goal was a worldie, and um, we, you know it's goal of the week in our book, even if it doesn't get the MLS. And Duncan also didn't get player of the match day because a different player also scored two goals, and it just happened to be Johnny Russell, and he's a bigger name, and his two goals got a crappy Sporting Kansas City team into the playoffs on decision day so they were deemed more important even though duncan only had the two shots for the two goals and johnny needed i think five shots to get his two goals duncan did however make team of the match day he did so congrats to duncan and and that's the way it ended dave and a really there was one really good chance for toronto to get on the board and senior hit the 
outside of the post after a, just an absolutely horrific giveaway by Araujo, totally uncharacteristic. But um, if you're going to make that mistake, make it against a team with four wins all season. Uh, four wins all season in a match that really has no effect on the playoffs, your position in the standings or anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, if they were playing for their new coach, they failed. If they were playing for Michael Bradley, well, Bradley failed. Th- he did. And, and, and it's, he should never been in that position. He's, he was not put in there to play center back. He got pushed to center back. And that's what happens when a slower player goes up against a faster player. I mean, we used to see it with, we love Seb Hines, but we used to see it all the time with Seb Hines. Yes, we did. And, and, but I'm, I like Bradley. I've, I liked him even with, he was with the U S men's national team. There's a lot of people that complained about Bradley and we've, I'm certain that we talked about it on the podcast many years ago, but I, I think that depending on when you, where you put him in the midfield, if you put him in a, a, you know, more defensive role, um, you know, facilitating the ball from the defense to the offense, rather than trying to be a 10, he was often pretty good. It was when whatever U S coach or whoever would try to push him too high. And then he wasn't as good. So if he was in the proper role, he was a good player. He was a good representative for the U.S. He was obviously a good uh, representative for Toronto uh, FC. He's had a heck of a career, and it's, it's a shame that it, his last match has to go out like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a rough way to go out. But um, you're right. When he was the number eight for the U.S., he was he was very very good. When he was a six, he was pretty good. Uh, but when they tried to move him around to areas where he wasn't quite as well suited, that's when things broke down. And and I know that fans often will blame the player rather than blame the coach that put the player out of the out of position but i had uh, so many arguments about that with people you could never question bradley's heart you could never question his commitment you can never question his effort he, that's what he gave you every game absolutely I, uh, tons of respect for him and you know even though you know we're Orlando fans, we're also US men's national team fans and so i i thank him for all that he did for the the national team in his time Thank you for your service, Michael. And I'm I'm sorry that your career ended. <laughs> I mean, so tragically for you. Uh, yes, that was, everybody remember the good things. Let's not remember yeah. that match. A match that didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, two nil is the win uh, for Orlando City. Stadhar gets the, uh, the the shutout, but didn't really have to do a whole lot. He did a, a few. I, I think it was more vital his work to prevent shots than his actual shot stopping in this game. Yeah, yeah, but still, clean sheets, clean sheet, and you know, good on him. And plus, he had an assist. And an assist. And uh, so that brings us, Dave, to our man of the match. And um, if there's any reason why it shouldn't be Duncan McGuire, I'd like to hear it at this point. No, it's Duncan McGuire. It's obviously Duncan McGuire. There is no other choice. Yep, Duncan McGuire is your man of the match. My man of the match. Unanimous man of the match. And, uh, you know, our our listeners, of course, if they want to go to our player grades, they can vote for a different person if they want, but you're wrong. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I mean, you can do it, but completely changed the game and took over the game uh, when the game was very much in doubt. So, well, right. I just checked the website right now. They're out of 36 votes, including mine, because I had to click on it to get the, uh, the results. Uh, Antonio Carlos got two votes. Mesa Sadahar got zero, Cesar Araujo got zero, Other got zero, and Duncan McGuire got 34 for 94.44% of the votes currently. That's uh, that's what they call a landslide. Yeah, 
that's uh that's pretty well the way it should be he got all the electoral votes he he's that's you're right landslide victory well deserved and you know that's that's not his only one at least for the uh the mainland podcast he had he had some others where uh he was man of the match for both of us Mm -hmm. um several times so First MLS brace for the young man. Thank you for your service. Also, <laughs> <Duncan Empire>. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> just don't go anywhere. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else from this game we need to touch on? I mean, Rodrigo Schlegel left with a cramp, but uh, Robin Janssen was able to come in and, uh, and obviously uh, Robin's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only, you know, potentially best 11. No, you know, look, like I mentioned, this was a, a match that had no, um, you know, no stakes to it other than just extending out the, the, you know, the most wins and the, and the most points for Orlando side in MLS. The unfortunate uh, thing was that the injury or the, the cramping for Schlegel meant that Torres didn't get in the game. Torres was going to check into the game and he was sitting on 14 goals and you figure maybe poach a couple late ones and, you know, climb up that, that golden boot race a little bit higher. I don't think he would have We've gotten it. I think he needed three or four at least, but uh, he could have at least uh, finished ahead of some of these other guys that were ahead of him. But uh, yeah, these things happen and uh, we'll take the win and we'll take the fact that Faku didn't come on and get hurt. And uh, we'll go into the playoffs with a four game winning streak and a five game unbeaten streak to close the regular season. Out of steam in MLS. Indeed. Let's uh, let's hope that stays that way. All right, uh, Dave, we'll talk a little bit about the first round matchup in a little bit. We're not going to do our score predictions and stuff. We'll do that on the next show uh, this week uh, as we prepare to host Nashville SC before going to Nashville and then hosting Nashville again, if necessary, in a third game in a best of three first round matchup. Uh, we'll talk about why Orlando could have certainly done better with the first round matchup than they did, but, uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, we'll also get to our mailbag box because I know you love the mailbag box. I love the mailbag box and obviously our listeners love the mailbag box as well. So we're going to get to those topics right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And we are back, Dave. And uh, what you say we look into our post-victory mailbag box? Well, Michael, as you mentioned before the break, I do love the mailbag box. So you probably love it even more after a win. I I love it all. My love for the mailbag, mailbag box is unconditional. But after a win, it's often very nice. Yeah. All right. So there's a couple of ways you can ask us anything here on the Mainland Podcast. Just like a Reddit AMA, you can ask about any topic. We are... 
We have nothing to hide. Nothing to hide and a veritable wealth of useless facts and information. Indeed. And we will, we're even willing to talk about things we know nothing about. So you can ask us about any topic. We'll give you an answer to the best of our ability. It will be an answer. There is no question about that. My dad said I had a BA and BS. There you go. Uh, all right. So one of those ways you can ask us anything is to email us. People apparently still do that because we got email this week. So mm-hmm. you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. Another way you can do it is hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter. Make sure you add us and use the hashtag ask TMLPC. If you're wondering what Twitter is, it's what the twit with billions of dollars calls X now, but we're not calling it that. We're not going to do that. And you know, it's funny. You mentioned more people are using uh, email um, or still using email. I think the, what the twit has done to uh, the site formerly known as Twitter is has started limiting the questions that we're getting in that venue. At some point, we're going to have to, you know, hopefully enough of our listeners get uh, blue sky accounts or whatever, and we can switch over to there because <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a tough, tough place to be now. And uh, yeah, I would, I think maybe that's the thing is that you're not going to be able to ask the mainland podcast, anything, unless you buy a subscription. Ooh. <laughs> and people just don't want to buy subscriptions. They don't, and you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to do that. I mean, we will, if we have to, but we don't want to. So finally, uh, finally, Dave, there, there's another way that people can ask us anything. Then go to the mainland.com, click on the mainland podcast page and fill out the form. Well, there you go. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. You don't have to give Elon your money because mm-hmm. he made a bad investment and then ruined it. No, you don't have to do that. I promise you. Nor should you. All right. So uh, I'm going to take a look in the Gmail, Dave, if that's okay with you. It is. I Let me preempt you just very quickly and say that I've checked the Twitters and there is nothing in the Twitters. So nothing in the Twitter to the Gmail we go. To the Gmail we go, uh, and uh, we're going to start with a form submission from our website, Dave. Excellent. Love those. Friend of the pod, Matthew Waldschmidt, has uh, written us uh, via our website, and uh, his message is this. His question is this. What is the ideal weather to play soccer in? Uh, I'm not a professional player and I haven't played soccer non-professionally in many, many years. Um, at least in a, in a organized setting. Um, I think generally the best weather to do almost anything in is going to be, you know, like sixties if you're doing some kind of physical activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause not I, too hot, not too cold. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, no wind, um, no precipitation. No, certainly not. Um, Maybe a partly cloudy day so that you don't have to fight the sun if it's a, if it's daytime, but if it's nighttime, it really doesn't matter if it's cloudy or not. Um, But you, you definitely want it to be cool enough to where you're not cold, but you're not overheating from all the exertion. So I I think you're right about that. Uh, Maybe anywhere from about 55 to 65 degrees, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds, that sounds pleasant. I, I find that that's a good temperature for just about anything other than maybe swimming. 
Yeah, I think uh, 60, 65 is my favorite uh, weather to be outside drinking a beer overlooking a uh, large body of water. That's fun. Yeah, so that's more what Michael and I do rather than play soccer. Um, But both both activities can be done in that same, you know, perfect little zone of temperature. True. True that. Uh, Thank you for the question, Matthew Walchmidt. We appreciate it. Let's uh, stay with the Gmail and go to... Andrew DeSalvo. Ah, friend of the pod, Andrew, what's he have to say? Definitely. He says, uh, I love the mailbag box. Uh, that's his, uh, that's what he always puts in his, uh, his subject line. And that makes you know it what? very easy to find. And, and not only that, he's right. He is right. Uh, he says soccer stats have evolved a lot in the last few years with tracking around many more phases of the game than the historically simple stats of goals and assists. That said, I have some Orlando City trivia for you based on those old reliable stats of goals and assists. Okay. Using data I found on uh, football reference, FBREF.com, the tracking site that is akin to baseballreference.com and basketballreference.com just for soccer. Uh, He says Duncan McGuire had a combined 16 goals and assists in 2023 during 1,388 minutes of play during the MLS season which is actually uh football references not does not jibe with the official stats on the MLS soccer.com, which has uh, Duncan at 1395 minutes, which is slightly different. Um, but I digress. Uh, he says, or an average of a goal or assist every 86.75 minutes. That's not bad. It's nope. not bad. Uh, for players who have at least 500 MLS minutes in any season, only one Orlando City player has ever had a more productive uh, season than Duncan's 2023 season. Who is that player and in what season? I'm assuming Kyle Lahren in 15, but I could be wrong. Well, you are. Okay. Uh, you are wrong. There is one. I can't guess because I read the question and I scrolled down and saw the answer. So uh, I will I will give you the answer by reading the answer. And that, that will be my answer. Uh, so the answer is Julio Baptista in 2016, one goal or assist every 82.33 minutes, nine total during 741 minutes of play. Ah, the beast. Okay. Very nice. Did not know that, Andrew. Uh, I'm not checking your work. We're just going to take your word for it. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, he didn't do, I mean, he did the work of going and looking it up, but I mean, the, I assume the website did the work. Um, I think he probably input the dividing the, uh, goals plus assist divided by minutes. I believe that's okay, but I'm, I might be wrong. I I haven't really spent that much time on that site. I haven't either, but that's, you know what, that's fair. And, uh, you know, I did, I wasn't trying to take anything away from, you mm-hmm. know, he did more than we did on that one. So, um, but no, that's, that's a cool bit of uh trivia. appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Um, yeah, that was the only question. It was just, a, it just <laughs> ask us some trivia. Gotta, okay. Yeah, that's well, good. let's ask us anything. So there you go. Ask us anything. Yes. All right. Uh, self-proclaimed. Platinum founder and acquaintance of the podcast, Samuel Atkinson writes <laughs> with the report of Joseph Martinez, not coming back to Miami next season. Do you think we have a chance to sign him as a veteran backup to Duncan? Uh, <laughs> is there a chance? Sure. There's a chance. Is it a good chance? No, 
probably not. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I referenced that in uh, Lion Links this morning because um, uh, both um, uh, him and Kai Kamara are, are going to be available, and and either one would fall into that uh, you know veteran striker that Michael and I would like to have. But the the idea of them bringing in Martinez, I I, I don't see it. Yeah, that sound you heard was all of our listeners groaning at that question um, because uh, Orlando City fans do not like Joseph Martinez. And um, here's the thing about it. Joseph is uh, he's still a guy who can put the ball in the net. We know that. Um, we know that Duncan will probably go to the Olympics and leave Orlando with uh, only Ramiro Enrique and Jack Lynn unless somebody is signed in the offseason, uh, which I, t- I anticipate that will probably happen. But I think it's not likely to be Joseph Martinez because of his price tag. I think his price tag will be too high. He's no longer really a DP player, but he still commands a pretty decent salary, I think, and and can get that from some teams in this league. Um, the more uh, probably economical choice would be to go to a nearly 40-year-old Kai Kamara, who was the other guy who was uh, you were mentioning, uh, who only scored five goals for Chicago this year. But he was meant to be a backup. He wasn't meant to be playing as many minutes as he was, and he, I'm sure he wore down to some degree. Um, either of those guys would be a, a decent stopgap measure for when Duncan's out, but let's wait and see what Luis Muzi or maybe the, his replacement will come up with in the offseason. Yeah, whoever's in charge of doing that type of thing, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, uh, you know, the answer to the question is, yes, it's a possibility, but it's not a good one. Right. What if I just had a wild thought? What if in a crazy twist, instead of re-signing Luis Muzi, Orlando City elevated Ricardo Moreira to GM? Whoa. Okay. Yeah, you just blew my mind a little bit there. That would uh that would explain some of the uh the reasons why they well, I guess no, they most recently they said, yeah, you can talk to him. But yeah, you know, they they shut down DC a couple times. Yeah, and I think um, I don't expect that to happen, obviously. But it just no. that the just the possibility that just went through my mind, and just like you, I went, "Whoa, what if that did happen?" <laughs> yeah, that's that's really weird. Yeah, like, that makes me uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, uh, we have a question from Landon Schneider. Landon, I I don't remember if we've had you ask a question before. Maybe, and and I have, like I said, I have a bad memory. Maybe you have, uh, but if you haven't previously asked a question welcome yeah new friends are always good yeah landon says hey guys which unique mls transfer rule such as designated players targeted allocation money general allocation money or the salary cap would you most like to get rid of and which would you like to keep um (laughs) um man that's 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 hard um i guess I would get rid of what was the last one? Uh, the salary cap. Yeah. I, well, if you get, yeah, but so I you feel like if you get, cap. I feel like if you get rid of DPs, it's going backwards. Uh, if you get rid of the yeah. cap, you don't need DPs. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's kind of where I was, I was thinking, I was like, well, if you get rid of that one, then you're effectively getting rid of the other one. Well, the other um, ones. I don't think you need I, am or gam. If you get rid of the cap, it's just the free for all. Yeah. It's a, it's a massive free for all. And, um, the, 
MLS turns into what all the other ones are with the rich spending the money and and we end up with a segmented uh um you know top four or five that are always up there and everybody else fighting for the scraps and without pro rel um i don't see that happening um the, the mls is a single entity and they, they have these these mechanisms in place to try and help maintain that parity and it's you know it hasn't been perfect but it's it it's worked so far um i'm not saying that i love it i'm not saying that you know pro rel can't work in the united states but that's gonna that's a long time coming to answer the question i guess i would get rid of tam yeah um that's a good one um and so which one which one did you gam which would you most like to keep um i get for now i would keep uh salary cap because that 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 offers um that keeps some of those other big money clubs from running away with stuff all right for the one i would most like to get rid of i'm going to go off the board alex and say the discovery list oh that's a good one yeah because well i mean it's that the hell rid of because it already doesn't work because if a high profile player wants to go to a certain city they just magically end up there um hi chicharito how you doing um yeah that was a guy on clearly on Orlando City's uh, discovery list, and whether or not he stayed on there uh, after the GM change, I don't know. But um, yeah, he didn't didn't end up in Orlando, so um, I, I think it's I think that's run its course. I don't like it. Get rid of it. Yeah, I agree with that. What would you keep? I will keep. I'm going to go off the board again. I'm because I think the DPS Tam Gam is all one thing. And it goes away with the salary cap. If the salary cap goes away, everything else goes away. I'm going to go off the board and say I'm keeping the MLS Super Draft. Okay, all right. I look yeah, at that well, as a as a transfer mechanism, even though it's it's technically transferring from uh, from amateur amateur status to professional. But it's I I like the draft, and I like that. I like it in all sports. I think it it adds something. It, it gives you. I know there are people who say, well, you could tank and get a better player, but uh, in soccer, you just don't know, man. You just don't know who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. And uh, I'm I'm, in, I'm okay with it if you want to wait the lottery, like do a weighted lottery. Like if you finish last, you, you get more chips in the bucket, uh, a better chance to get the first round pick, but you're not guaranteed. I, I like it that way. Yeah. And, you know. Let's be honest, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, it's Orlando City has done very well in the draft. So yeah. um, nothing wrong there. And, and of course, when I was, you know, when I got rid of TAM, the idea was that all the TAM money would go to GAM. And so you still have the same amount of money. It's just in a different pot. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's confu- it, the GAM TAM thing is confusing to a lot of people. So yeah. I, I think we end up trying to explain it three or four times a year. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, Landon has a second question. Uh, really, it's a two-part question. Okay. Just like the first one. Excellent. It says, as the regular season has ended, who has been the most impressive Orlando City player in the regular season and who has been the most disappointing Orlando City player in the regular season? Um, most impressive for me is going to be Robin Janssen. Um, 
he's you know we mentioned that in our eyes he's best 11 uh should be up for defensive player of the year um has captained the team at at times has been absolutely stalwart and has changed games uh with his play um yes guys who score like duncan mcguire get all the uh the accolades but you know we're we're doing our own little thing here and he's my rookie of the year and so you know my player of the year is robin Janssen. um and then most disappointing um i'm going to have to go I, i've gotta go with uh ojeda not that he hasn't done some good things but we're talking about a dp level guy who mm-hmm. has you know been on the bench and so you know he's like i say he's done some good things and he's made some contributions but uh has he made dp level contributions yeah i will uh i will concur with your choice for robin Janssen. he has been the most impressive especially coming back from injury and um you know he's been he was always good, but this year he seems to have found another level that I didn't know he had. Which is surprising because he's he's getting older. I mean, not old, but he's gotten older. He's been here for, you know, multiple years. And and typically as they get older, they don't get better. Yeah. So I think Robin has been the most impressive, uh, although Duncan McGuire is certainly a very close runner up for most impressive. Least impressive. Man, I don't even like this question, but uh, we were asked, so I will give an answer. Um I will have to say there's a couple of guys. I'm going to say it, it's a, it's a tie. And the reason that they're not, that, that they're the least impressive isn't really necessarily their fault. So I'll say that I'll preface it with that. Uh, Gaston Gonzalez started to come on and then got hurt. And he really hasn't been able to come back and, and get to the level he was at. And uh, so I was, I was kind of hoping to see more of him. And so I would say I, am, I have not yet been impressed with him. But you see signs of it. And again, it's not his fault, but I got to be honest and, and say that that's, that's one of them. The other one is somebody who was so happy that the team brought in and he just hasn't looked like his old self. And that's Junior Urso. He just hasn't looked like the junior we know and love. And so I would say a tie between those two guys. But again, not their fault. Junior isn't, you know, he came in, he was still nursing a knock took him a while to get back up to speed. He's on a new team. Every team has different chemistry uh, from year to year. And he may be being asked in some of these instances to play a bit of a different role. So I think yeah. he hasn't really shown his old juniorness as much as I would have hoped for and expected by now. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's fair. And look, it's a, uh, this is a very, very good team. That's why they finished second overall in MLS and went on an amazing, you know, last, uh, 10, 12 game run. Um, so it's, and are heading into the playoffs, which we'll, we'll get to in a second, but, um, when that's happening, it's, it makes it harder to answer a question like that, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, of course, uh, I, I definitely, um, feel for your, your choice uh, of, uh, Martino Heda, because yeah, you, you would have hoped that a DP guy would come in and seize a starting spot and score double digit goals and all of those things. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Dave, that is it for the Gmail. You, uh, you, did you take another look in the Twitter just to see if anybody uh, showed up late? Like, oh, uh, we might as well. Let's it's a simple click, click did Ryan and... Smith come through for us this week. No. 
How dare he's been, you, Brian? He's been has he? He's I feel like he's been busy. He's always busy. That guy. He is. He's a he's a young, busy, uh, on the move kind of guy. The go getter. That one. Yes, he is. All right. So nothing in the Twitter. So that's it for the mailbag box this week. That's it. I believe that is the case. Uh, we'll double check, but yeah, we got Landon Schneider, Sam Atkinson, Andrew DeSalvo, and Matthew Walshmit. Thanks to everybody who submitted questions. We appreciate it. If mm-hmm. we did not read your question, it means it somehow got lost. So please resend. And uh, we apologize if, uh, if that was our fault, but uh, that's everything I'm seeing in my Gmail. All right. Uh, if you want to get your question in for the next show, which will happen later in the week, please get it in quickly. Uh, you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up at the mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can go to the mainland.com and click on the mainland podcast page and fill out the form. In all of those instances, you're going to want to spell Maine like a lion's mane, M A N E, because that's how we spell ours. And if you spell it any other way, we're not going to see it. Nope, we won't. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So um, that just brings us down to Orlando City versus Nashville. We'll, of course, have our key matchups and score predictions later in the week and our second show this week. But uh, for now, Dave, just wanted to get out there that this is a two versus seven matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nashville was not able to make any, make up any ground on decision day. And for the incredible season that Orlando city has had, this is a terrible prize. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not being rewarded for um, all the hard work and finishing, you know, where they are in the table uh, because Nashville, as we've said many times on this podcast is very hard to break down elite defense um, has some guys that can score. Also just it's, they're a nightmare. They really are. I hate playing them. Uh, Yeah. It's, it is a, it's a rock fight every time you play, Nashville and it's difficult and they've got a a star player that can hurt you at any given moment and this is a team Orlando City has historically not played well against not scored a lot of goals against but uh, this is who they're left with and uh, Nashville probably would have been a little higher in the table had they had a better road record only four road wins this year but one of those was at Orlando of course now it came on April Fool's Day, which was a long time ago, and it was before Orlando got going. Uh, but Orlando went to Nashville just within the last month and did come away with a road victory. But man, you cannot you cannot plan to win a series that way. Uh, Orlando got one scoring chance and scored on it and won one nil. 
and only attempted two shots. And it's extremely generous to call the second one a shot because that was a junior Urso turn and fire from 50 yards out with, you know, not even looking to see where the goalkeeper was, just a, a speculative shot that didn't even come close to the goal. So uh, they had one chance, Duncan McGuire buried it, and that enabled them to win. And that might be the first time that Hani Mukhtar has not scored against Orlando City or, or assisted on a goal. Well, let's keep that thing going. Um, yeah, like you say, just it's it's a slog playing Nashville. It's they're not fun to watch. Um, I get it if you're a Nashville fan because you know you guys have had some success and all that, but it's not fun to watch. Not fun at all. So uh, you know you you kind of got a little bit about what you wish for. You uh, you wish for the team to not have to you know have some late drama on decision day to get in the playoffs. So they take care of business early and this is what you get. You get the, a Nashville team that slipped up a little bit here and there. Still the elite defense. They and Seattle had the fewest goals conceded this year. And uh, they do have Hani Mukhtar. They have Fafa Pico. They've got some, some very skilled players that can put the ball in the net. So uh, really maybe the best seventh place team ever in MLS history. Yeah, which that that's ref, you know reflects what the Eastern Conference was like though this season. I mean, True. decision day really. I mean, other than for Cincinnati and Orlando City, it, it, decision day was freaking decision day because it it was really going to determine where you were going to be and whether or not you even made the playoffs or even the opportunity to play the play-in game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions are two two and four in the all-time series in MLS play against Nashville. Two three and five in all competitions including a playoff loss at Nashville uh, a couple of years back. Um, really, uh, really could have been a better first round draw for Orlando city, but you know, you have to go through everybody if you want to get the trophy. You do. And this is a, a perfect opportunity for them to avenge me. Keely. <laughs> Orlando city will host Nashville at 7 PM on October 30th. That game will be on FS one and MLS season pass on Apple TV plus uh, that will be your opener. And it's very important for Orlando city to get off a, to a, a winning start in this best of three. You don't want to go to Nashville down a game. Um, and then you will see the lions make that trip, that return trip to Nashville on uh, Tuesday. So they, they start the series on a Monday, Monday, October 30th. The game in Nashville will be 9 PM on Tuesday, November 7th. And if necessary, there will be a third game on Sunday, the 12th at 5 p.m. at home against uh, Nashville at Exploria Stadium. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at, Dave. Uh, it is it is a very difficult first-round matchup. you got to get past Nashville twice. It's not an easy thing to do once. they got to do it twice. But if they do it, I think they're going to take a lot of confidence into the second round. Absolutely. And here's what I need from the team. And that's really kind of what's most important is what's best for Dave. Um, I'm going to be in Colorado for that first match. So I, I, I have no chance of coming down and, and, you know, securing tickets and being able to watch. I'm certainly not going to go to, to Nashville. Um, but I would rather the next, you know, match, which would also be in Orlando because they, they host unless they play Cincinnati. Um, I, I would much rather the, the match that I potentially get to come watch be a second round rather than the third match in the first round. So if they could just take care of business uh, in Nashville and move on, 
that, that that's really what's best for me. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's uh, that's the best thing for Dave. So that's what should happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm being unreasonable here. I mean, how who could how could anyone even accuse you of such? Yeah. I mean, this is perfectly legitimate uh, request. Yeah. All right. Well, later in the week, we'll come back with our next show. We will maybe have a special guest. We'll talk about the Nashville matchup on uh, Monday night, Monday night food bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's get it on, man. It's, uh, it's a new season and there's a trophy on the line. Heck yeah. And like I said, with a potential for uh, home field advantage throughout because of where they finished, kind of reminiscent of an open cup run. I remember. Absolutely. It's uh, it's <laughs> it, it would be really fantastic if someone would knock off Cincinnati. That's all I'm saying. That that's all we need. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how it goes. We know that uh, it's Orlando versus the world. Everybody's going to be against us. Uh, we just need to, the boys to go out and play the way they can play. Uh, just keep being the best team in MLS over the last hour long and just carry it forward. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking. All right, Dave, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Nah, we've had enough fun for the night. We have had a lot of fun. Uh, we do want to once again uh, congratulate Jack Lynn for being named MLS Next Pro MVP. That was a little bit of a surprise. I know he's um, there's a lot of top talent. He shared the golden boot to other guys, and uh, you know Jack. Nothing against Jack, but he's he's kind of a one trick pony. He's a goal scorer. He's a poacher, and uh, he did his job well this year, and he was rewarded for it. So that's pretty cool. Congrats to him. Indeed. All right. Uh, by the way, the team that beat OCB on two penalties to knock OCB out of the uh, MLS Next Cup playoffs, uh, the Columbus Crew uh, Reserves, Crew 2, they uh, lost the championship to Austin FC 2. Well, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't either. You kind of want the team that knocked you out to win the whole thing. So you can say, well, the team that won the whole thing needed two penalties so they couldn't even knock us out. But yeah. Same time, you know, don't commit the penalties. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I say, I'm, eh. I'm, not, I'm not actually going to look into my feelings on that one. I don't think it's important enough. Indeed. All right. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for episode 384 of the mainland podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions, get your questions in for the next show. Uh, you can read our stuff at the mainland.com. Follow Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave. Follow me at mainland Michael and follow the mainland at the mainland. All of those instances, you'll spell main M A N E, please. Uh, you can also like the mainland on Facebook if you're still Facebooking these days. And uh, read, you know, definitely make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, that you're downloading it, that you're listening to it, that you're sharing it with your friends, rate it and review it. Didn't mention this earlier, but we would love it if you would rate and review the, the podcast, because if you do that, uh, it helps us with the algorithm, gets seen by more people when they search for an Orlando City podcast. So rate and review, uh, give us your honest rating and review wherever you get your podcast. But if you leave us a five-star rating with a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll be able to find that very easily. We will read it on the show and we will thank you profusely. We will indeed. All right. We will see you on the next show before the end of the week. We're back to our two shows a week podcast schedule until the end of this playoff run. And Dave, 
we definitely cannot record on a Monday night the next nope. show. <laughs> so, cannot. Uh, so next week, uh, we're probably going to have our, our we'll have our two shows this week. So the next one will drop on Friday, which is help me out on that, Dave. That is uh, what day of the week? Friday is the twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. So our next our next show will drop on uh, October twenty seventh, and then because we normally would record on the thirtieth, we're gonna have to record on uh, Halloween. Is that okay, Dave? Can we do that? I'm in Colorado. I can do whatever I want. Okay. Well, uh, just know this: when we record our our the next show after after the one this week, you're probably gonna hear the doorbell ringing. Not for me. <laughs> no, no, nobody's going to be ringing the bell on your hotel room or wherever you're staying. But uh, yeah, we'll probably be getting some trick or treaters here. Ah, well, nothing to be scared about. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. And we will see you next time. The only thing left for us to do is to do what we do at the end, which is to say, go city. <laughs>